this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Mel Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. Seven. (laughs) I mean, better than the last two. This is just us leveling up. (laughs) We're getting a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. That's how it works in this game, right? Yes. 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 And then you get to do cool new tricks. Yeah. So we are back. We're back in Kepler. But first, I want to take us over to some things we said we would do last time. Uh, We have poll results from, if everybody can remember, four weeks ago. Oh, God. (laughs) And some theories from forever ago. And if I missed some of these, sorry, I tried to go back and find them, but I feel like Twitter may have eaten some of them. So anyway, first of all, our poll from 18 years ago was... What crimes we thought the Sylvanians committed to be exiled to Earth. And the winning the winning vote on that one was licking the crystal was far and away the most popular theory on <laughs> Which why we now they know were exiled. Is probably Which, not the true theory, because they are for sure licking that crystal. As soon as Griffin started uh <laughs> explaining or describing the, the cues of people, I was like, Are they all are they about to lick that crystal? For sure. Very close. <laughs> Uh, so thank you everybody for voting in that. And then we had some cool theories. At Mitch Gosser says, they are surprised no one brought up that the light of Sylvain was certainly the light of creation. That's an interesting theory to me. Yeah, that kind of that kind of blew my mind. I did not I did not think of that, I confess. And it was one of those things that seemed obvious as soon as they had said it. It's but a, was actually quite clever. So I'm not sure if it's correct or not, but I right. like it. It's a good theory. They certainly behave similarly, it seems. Mm-hmm. And then this other theory is from at Minnie Cooey, still love that name, who says uh, she wasn't sure if we had caught it, but in the mini arc, it was mentioned that the heirloom necklace Aubrey had had that same color crystal. And obviously this very big one now, the light of Sylvain is cleft. So it has been broken. Yeah. Which goes into further in this one. So it seems like a very good chance that her necklace is part of this, this giant light of Sylvain crystal. Ooh. Right? I like it. Yeah, and I, I have some theories inspired by this person's theory, which I think we will circle back later. Perfect, yeah. To talk about. Because it most certainly comes up in this episode, so perfect timing. Thank you, you guys. I'm sure we had more, and just trying to scroll through Twitter on my phone, I'm not seeing them, so I apologize if I missed your theory. But we love hearing them. Thank you for sharing those. And one more order of business, uh, speaking of polls and theories and things we forgot <laughs> to do... I straight up forgot to put up a poll last time. Sorry about that, everybody. We were going to ask you where you thought the next live show would be in the world of balance. And we just didn't. So do apologize for that. I promise we'll have a poll this time. We'll double check. Make sure. <laughs> you, yeah. yeah. Everybody hound, hound us until we make sure. Like, oh, yeah. Don't worry. We'll get it. But so it's been a month. Let's check in now with... Uh, Heathcliff and our Cadillac cats over here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <It's my> <clears throat> Sorry, I'm... <laughs> We're off to like a fucking... This is that... <laughs> this is that seven coming back to bite us in the ass. Oh, God. All right. Oh, I... So we've talked about this. I'm a very visual person. Oh, boy. And sometimes I don't get all those details, like the color of crystals and whatnot. So Minikui, thank you for bringing that up, because I would not have put that together. Um, but for Heathcliff, I am so desperate for a fan artiste 
to draw out this gigantic one. It's it's totally my brand. Massive. It is absolutely my aesthetic. A cat, a <laughs> yeah. number one, and then just a behemoth of a beast. Like oh my god, that's my favorite thing in the world. So it really is fan artist. It's an extremely. If large someone cat. could please draw this and like put it into a scale that my tiny brain can manage, like it yeah. would be the best. I second this because I love it. I, I'm, I think I'm kind of, I'm not really a cat person, but I think I'm in the same category with Aubrey slash potentially Travis of just category. Oh, oh no. I walked right into it too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ashamed. But <laughs> I, I love that. I love that Aubrey just starts yelling fluffy over the top of, of this very serious cat attempting to have a serious conversation with them. Like, slash Griffin trying so to. important. Like has a title. It is a cat with a job. It, it is. is a cat in one of those collars that has a little tie on it. <laughs> Someone needs to draw this. <laughs> Make sure it's huge. And yet, yes, she's here trying to pet this. Oh, snap, you guys. Huh? Uh, I rolled a 12-sided die instead of a 20. What? So <laughs> I just like go noticed Clint that. McElroy. <laughs> <laughs> Quint and I need somebody to just hand us just hand me the die I'm supposed to use just for prosper- prosperity and po- posterity I'm gonna roll this again well that's a six so you know I'll go with the first roll the twelve it is oh boy <laughs> saved by the bell it was n- not not at all this is going about as well as, as poor Heathcliff trying to get through this conversation. Oh, my God. You know, just really putting everybody back into that mindset where they were when, when Heathcliff couldn't get anything accomplished. Trying so hard. Such a good kitty. I did I did also love Duck asking about exchanges on Jesus, poor Beacon. it was so funny. And Beacon calling it a lover's quarrel, but <laughs> Duck would yes. try to get rid of him. <laughs> and this actually, so now we can get into some meat here. We have a whole new brand of magic here, mm-hmm. which is this very was interesting, interesting. Interesting piece of mythos, of one yes. of many in this episode. What the hell, Minerva? Kind of... Where is this from? What is this? Mystery magic. It is. And this is where I want to throw in my own little conspiracy theory, which goes hand in hand with what Mitch Gosser was saying. Conspiracy theory. What if Duck and Ned and Aubrey are from the plane of thought and Sylvain is on the plane of magic and we're still in this like plainer <gasps> tomfoolery. Mm, interesting. I love that. Just saying. I love that idea. And then maybe the the sword is from a whole other plane. Interesting. I have to think about that one some more. <laughs> yeah. So let's all just like ruminate on that a little bit. I just it suddenly came to me and you know maybe it is my heart being like that means that Kravitz is still out here <laughs> and maybe he'll show up if we get lucky and somebody bites it raven queen willing please <laughs> amen uh i like that he wanted to exchange it for a nice whip yes and not just I... a quality whip but a supportive whip and that was adorable <laughs> I did momentarily think he meant a car. Oh! <laughs> only for like That's a hot second. Very funny. <laughs> Instead of going Indiana Jones with it. Uh, <laughs> which is like really kind of, I think, would be out of character for both Duck and Justin to refer to a car as a whip. But <laughs> Can you even imagine if Duck were, was like, uh, yeah, listen, I, I got my eye on this 1964 Mustang convertible. And I, 
I'd just love it if I could get that in exchange <laughs> for this fucking sword. And then snaps with Well, they have been using uh, vintage cars as a weapon already in this in this, this arc. Okay, so I'm down. It's not totally wild. Oh, I will say the picture that Justin paints for us of Duck Minerva showing up and Duck saying he was gonna go to the back <laughs> and Minerva going to find the window open and him running away. Hysterical. What always one of my favorites. Say again, I, I visual goofs. <laughs> The best. <laughs> and who in their right mind declawed Heathcliff? That, I know. When Griff said it, I was like, yeah. I feel like maybe he just was speaking faster than he was thinking. And it's just like, oh, oh well, he just sure. doesn't <laughs> use his claws. That'll be the hope. Because, yeah, like we, I don't think he would actually declaw a giant cat. I, I don't think he would allow it a to giant happen. A sentient cat, right? Yeah. 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 If, you're, I don't, I don't if your little could... domesticated cat could talk to you which we all know the McElroys know exactly how that goes. A talking They cat. would... So funny. Um, they would not want to be declawed, I think. No. That would not be their A number one no. choice. So I can't even imagine the most gargantuan of cats being like, yeah, take them. <laughs> you, would, you would never get that cat into the carrier to go to the vet. Oh, gosh. Sure. That's true. The only way I could see it happening is if it was for a trade. Oh, <laughs> see? Okay. So there you go. Good work. And what would he even be trading? Ah. Because he wants things like Moira's earrings, which apparently Ned yeah. stole, which is apparently wonderful. I love it. I thought it. she gave him, did she give him the earrings? It's I thought been she too long. I have. think she gave them I, to I him. I tried listening to the last episode before this one, because again, I it's been not. a month. Um, yes. I don't recall that happening, but we all know I am super good at listening and hearing all those tiny details. So, well, no, if she did, please, please correct me because I was listening to this and I didn't. I also didn't remember it at all. So I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, did, is this Griffin trying to suggest that Ned stole it without Clint having made that character decision? I have a vague memory. No, I of think it. that I think that Moira gave it to them before they went through the gate and said that they were going to need them. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, but I, I, I don't think I'm making this up. But I don't. <laughs> think you are either that sounds correct that and sounds i could have correct. done my research but i didn't eh. <laughs> we're really listen you come to the show for the professionalism we provide and just the on point facts and commentary the, the insightful analysis the yeah. encyclopedic knowledge of this show mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we'll work on it we'll <laughs> so well listen i will at least say can anybody be surprised that i thought oh ned just took them <laughs> <laughs> Right out of her ears. She didn't even see it happen. I mean, he might have some dope sleight of hand going on. Impress even Aubrey. She'd be like, what? <laughs> well, he has good. got, he has somehow stolen Elliot Ness's gun from a museum. I'm, so. I'm saying. It was all right there. So let's talk about, this is where we, we do know that this is for sure our like, quote unquote, lunar interlude, cat yeah. mercantile situation. <laughs> Yeah, but with a new mechanic this time. So this yeah. time, every arc, they're going to be given a list by Heathcliff of these three ingredients that are going to somehow occur like naturally, organically in the narrative, yeah. and they'll have the option of taking the risk that they have yeah, to like in order to, to get them acquire these things. Yeah, and then they get a plus one to the enchant roll, or in in Doc's case, uh, in this in this episode, summon. Yeah. Um, to in, to get these magical <laughs> items when they come back for each yeah. of the items they collect. Right. So if they get two, they get a plus two. If they get all three, it's a plus three. 
this is such a fun idea to me because it's like yeah. this scavenger hunt side quest. And it's not dissimilar from like the D&D mechanic that they generally didn't use of needing ingredients for spells or... Right. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a more umbrella way of doing that, of having mm-hmm. a requirement. I love it because it's such... The side quest, the um, mm-hmm. when you're playing a video game, who doesn't love doing that? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people who don't love I'm doing sure that. Yeah, but <laughs> it's so on fun. This show, on this show, we all love it. We love it when the world is ending and you're like, "Hang on, I've got to go." <laughs> <laughs> Just put I've got to go the pick these flowers for about twelve more rounds. It's fine. Don't wait for That's me. That's me playing Zelda. Like, okay, w- listen, I see where I have to go. Hold on real quick. I got to go buy more clothes and then dye them and then I'll be back. I got to get Link in his summer, his kicky summertime look. Which if anybody's wondering, it is the, I'm not going to remember the names for any of it. It's the, uh, the Rito hairpiece with the Gerardo top and the Barbarian shorts. That's the kicky summertime look. If you would like to recreate it in your own Breath of the Wild game, you're welcome. (laughs) This has been Zelda Fashion Tips. <laughs> we'll have a new one every week. <laughs> but so this time, since they have the two earrings, they have the plus two, yes? Yes. Or I think the earrings are just counting. They're just counting as a trade. It was yeah. just kind of the intro. Okay. Because yeah. they all do get their their new items. So like you mentioned, he did steal Elliot Ness's gun. But instead, he would like her to, or them, he would like them to enchant the Nerf gun. The whole discussion between Nerf and coming up with a different name and yes. merchandising and them saying Narf and then saying Burf. Burf or Buffin made me laugh so hard <laughs> the first time I heard it. Also, I want that to be like replicated and put on a shirt, like like the oh, yeah. nerf. You mm-hmm. know. What oh I no! Mean. I, I what do you think I'm doing tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Look out, everybody! I, I think I don't know how, but I I knew immediately <laughs> when Clint said that he wanted to do something else that he was going to go nerf gun because he oh. said the name of the guy who created the the nerf gun. Did and you there was man, why there do you know a, these things? Because there was tell us all about it. I say what is the there education. <laughs> There was a short documentary that was going around on Twitter about this guy <laughs> um, who was an African-American. Yeah, he was an African-American uh, engineer who came up with this idea um, and made a made a prototype like in his off hours in the lab he was working at and then Dope. wound up selling it and made like a huge amount of money off of it. Hell um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this guy, it was it was a really cool story, which I admittedly do not remember all of the details of, but I recognized the but name it, as soon as I heard it. It yeah. stuck enough that, yeah, you were like, yeah. oh, I know that name. That makes sense. Because, yeah, I had no idea. I love, though, that as soon as he said it, you were like, oh, here comes a Nerf gun. <laughs> and and honestly, I mean, this is like, this is good cosplayer support because modifying a Nerf gun is oh, yeah. easier than making a prop from scratch. If they if there's no merchandise for it yet, that's a Absolutely. lot easier. Or stealing a gun from a museum. Absolutely. <laughs> bingo, bango. God bless you, cosplayers. Go do it. And it's genuinely, it makes sense when you think mm-hmm. about, I'm going to go in the water. <laughs> I'm not bringing a gun, like a gun gun. Yeah. But I'll for sure bring a Nerf gun. That is brilliant. I loved it. 
I loved Aubrey's little addition, Travis's little addition of putting a thumbtack in the end and using that to shoot. Yeah, uh, I'm a little Trav. Travis, did you, did you used to do this? I'm a little. Oh, I'm a little worried. I'm glad I, I never played with you. Right? I imagine he must have. I imagine this must be a real thing that these boys have done. Yeah, surely. And it's kind of something I wish I had known about. I just nodded. Super helpful <laughs> for an audio you and podcast. Are the same. Just <laughs> you really on these are. Audio podcast being like, oh, here's me raising my hand and nodding my head. Who hasn't done that though? Because <laughs> I do it like when we have these. I nod, I raise my hand, I do all that fun stuff. I don't let you guys know about it all the time, but it's happening. <laughs> She takes a drink of water and holds her finger up to the microphone, like, hang on just a <laughs> Hold second. Hold on, guys. I just need to <laughs> hydrate. <laughs> so we do have this enchanted narf blaster now. <laughs> Aubrey gets her jacket slash... First of all, it's a leather jacket that she then turned into a leather vest by cutting off the sleeves, which I love that <laughs> it will still be identified as a jacket, which then becomes a denim vest <laughs> from a denim horse. <laughs> Did they ever have a name for it? The vest? For the vest? Yeah. No. I don't, okay. They did not so, name them. I didn't no. think so. Okay. I just love Although the denim whores. Any... <laughs> <laughs> if anybody wants to, like, now, see, I don't I don't actually want to cosplay Aubrey because I don't think I'm, I'm suited for her, but I would love to make that, that custom denim vest with the iridescent red threads in it. That sounds rad. That does sound rad. And, like, something you could just have in your wardrobe anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my jackets definitely also have the tag loud. Yes. <laughs> they do. Welcome back to episode two of Zelda Fashion Tips. <laughs> so it's the loud vest, but it makes her more stealth. Is that like the magic more stealth? Am I getting no, that right? No, it it's adds um, armor. Yeah. Oh, where the yeah, hell was my mind? So she still has a lot of like, ooh, I'm going to get her because look at that vest. But now things will bounce off. Easier, ah, she's taking the tank roll. They they were talking about stealth. Yeah, I mean it was it was a it was an exchange of trying to figure out how to do Got these it. items. I think so that they suited the narrative and the characters. Yes, perfect. Okay, thank you. And I don't I don't know if we're learning a lot about Doc as a character. Speaking of that, or <laughs> oh Justin God. as a person with this whole debacle about the jetpack. <laughs> it's that's the perfect word for it. It's absolutely a debacle. It was very good though. Oh, it's so damn funny. I think the thing about it is that Duck seems almost like he would be the level-headed one, and then he's asking Mm -hmm. for a fucking jetpack. So then you're like, well, just crumple that paper up and throw it in the trash. (laughs) Although then he's second-guessing himself, too. And I I personally want, speaking of things we want on t-shirts, I I would like a t-shirt that says people expect big things from a man with a jetpack. Yes, please. I just put that on the store, guys. We're going to make all sorts of shirts that we can have up for a week before the Macworlds are like, are you guys fucking kidding? We're like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Can we work with their merchandiser? Is there an avenue here? Maybe, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe there's a job for us. I think I have a lot to offer in this in this field. <laughs> Again, if you have any doubts, look at look at the kicky summertime look for Ling. <laughs> I think you're gonna have to post that. Oh, I will. Yeah, I wanna see. <laughs> but I mean I, I think that the fact that he he then goes on to have this really extended debate really largely with himself. <laughs> well, Griffin I think is getting increasingly frustrated. Well, even right. I, I do think maybe I understand that a little about Duck's yeah. character? That maybe he wants yeah, something, I mean, but then kind of holds himself back and, like, second guesses? Yeah. See, that makes a lot of sense. I, I'm totally in now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, like, a 
like a weird version of a self-esteem problem mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of like wanting to go for the most obvious, the most public, the most flashy option and least practical. Yeah. But then kind of being like, oh, wait, no, that's not actually practical at all. Yeah. Um, Which I could see. You know what? We can build a whole headcanon here for this, especially if you consider, you know, he has turned away from this chosen one title that's been put on him. So it's almost, maybe it's a similar thing, like, oh, I want this thing, but he's taught himself to not lean into it. So maybe it's a similar, like, oh, here's the big obvious thing that I kind of want right now in this moment. But then now having it just kind of ingrained on his mind to take a step back and second guess it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, he goes through with it, but then Duck says that it's going to be like a... It's not fire. Break glass in case of emergency jetpack yeah. that right you know that just this thing of hanging on the wall delighted by it <laughs> right. yeah so i mean that's that's a that's an interesting internal conflict for a character to have yeah. of of wanting this thing but then being afraid of the possible consequences of what it means for you specifically having it's it it's very mm-hmm. interesting and you're totally right fits him perfectly I was also thrilled that Justin, in describing the jetpack, started talking about the Rocketeer because I was sitting yeah. in my home going, Rocketeer, Rocketeer. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he went there. I'm a huge fan of the Rocketeer. It's so good. And I love that he was trying to think of the term uh, retrofuturism because yeah. I remember the first time, Brittany, when you and our oldest sister and I all went to Disney World together when we were in Tomorrowland. I remember you saying that you loved the way it looked, and you mm-hmm. looked, and you didn't know if it had a term. And I remember saying, "Oh, it's it's retrofuturism." Uh, so I appreciated him trying to think of it, and then coming up with it and saying thank you to no one because he came up with it on his own. <laughs> uh, but it reminded me of us being at Tomorrowland, and it's it really is a great look. It's a very good aesthetic. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, original Rocketeer jetpacks used to be outside at really? Disney World. What? And you get to take it around. A snack. Yeah, it was <laughs> hidden behind a snack cart for ages, and nobody knew it was there. They finally did. Um, Wait, might have refurbished <laughs> until it some kid it yeah, it was... flew away. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean it was. It was like, like... <laughs> nobody knows it's there. It's a secret ride. That... <laughs> no, it was secured. But but yeah, I mean, you had to talk to a cast member who knew it was there, and they would take you and show That's... you. Oh wow! Um, but it was not. No, everybody walked past it. Nobody knew it was there. It's not. This was. I don't know. Maybe seven or eight years ago that they finally no decided that maybe they shouldn't have done that with a prop from one of their movies, there. but. No, yeah, that's cool. Though. Okay. okay, now in my brain, I see it just it's just sitting there. Right. Like, like it's not just on like a pedestal in, like, or anything. It just... No, there was like a there was like a kind of a pedestal oh, thing okay. on the wall. Because yeah. <laughs> it was near a water fountain, well, as I recall, what, though, yes. which is weird. Pretty, like, it's just like crammed in one of those like flower beds. Like yeah. what? Oh. <laughs> it really was like right behind it was like behind a snack cart. It was the strangest huh. thing. There's so I'm 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 always pleased to hear actual appreciation for the rocks here. Amen. And this one, of course, is called the Sky Master, which is why I had to ask if Aubrey's... Wasn't it Flymaster? Is it Flymaster? Flymaster, yeah. It's Flymaster. I actually like Sky Master better. Flymaster, to me, but... sounds like a fishing reel. Mm. It does, yeah. It does Sky Master reminds me of Sky Dancers, which, of course, were dope little dolls I had <laughs> as a child. And I still have the base for yes, one of and... them. It now holds my tablet pen. Which are infamous for flying into the fire. <laughs> that, that one video. Yeah, that video right which is probably exactly I almost yeah, other... peed myself laughing. It's so That's funny. exactly what's going to happen to Duck when he wears this thing. <laughs> or it's going to be that other video where it takes off into the air and just never comes back. It just continues to fly off into the stratos. That, I think, is it's one or the other. 
<laughs> I am I'm looking forward to the narrative payoff of this device, which I'm sure there will be, because you know he's not going to forget oh, about no. that. Something's oh, going to happen with it. I can also see him strapping great. it on, pushing it, and then the jetpack takes off, but he stays <laughs> on the Some ground. Some real Looney Tune shit. I love it. But I do, I am interested to see where this jetpack comes in maybe a heroic moment later on. Be- it, it seems like it's becoming Beacon, essentially, because that's kind of how Beacon was. Mm. Where he was like, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to. But then he needed him. So I got to go get back. I got to go get what's mine. You're like, oh, yeah. and then gets him. Yeah. P.S. Wait, did we talk about, and I totally missed it, Justin waiting for Beacon to start talking? No. We did not. <laughs> I'm I'm delighted. <laughs> it's so good because I know Travis said that. Do you remember Travis doing that during the IPRE, like the the first, like oh when they have the press oh, conference? Yeah. Trav asks the question of Magnus, and then Magnus goes, "What was the question?" And there's just silence because he fucking asked it. It was very similar to that. Always hysterical. Bravo to people who are voicing their own back and forth interactions. This is this is good characterization though, because it means that they've been able to yeah. have these characters seem real enough even to yeah. them mm-hmm. that they make these kinds of mistakes and that the you know, or that the world seeming real enough that Travis <laughs> raised his hand in real life. I think I think that's really good. That that means that, you know, for them to be immersed in this story yeah. of course enhances us being immersed. Agreed. Oh in it. definitely. Absolutely. I just agree. laughed so hard. He's <laughs> like, it was. Extremely oh, I was. Funny. I was waiting for Beacon to answer. Whoops, <laughs> that's me. Beacon in his heart is answering. <laughs> so yeah, we all have fun with Heathcliff, and now we know next time. Yes, we're gonna get. I hope the letter that they get from him is like a Gallagher-style giant piece of paper with a cat print on it, <laughs> <laughs> signed and the cat paw. Yeah, and. Now, as they said they would, they have to go to this castle, I think is how it's described, um, that has the crystal in front of it. Because we still have to meet the interpreter. And this is the moment when they're passing the crystal and they see all these people queuing up and Griffin is explaining it that I was like, are they about to lick that crystal? But apparently people just touch it. (laughs) Well, maybe I assume it would be frowned upon if you licked it. Maybe that is the exile then. They were like, you're kind of getting uh, We told you, don't lick the crystal. You're out. You're out of here. Like, That's I was three five. Strikes. What? <laughs> well, everybody's got to touch it. That would be really unsanitary. Absolutely. Oh, Why incredibly. would you want to lick it? Everybody's Some hands people are dirty it. birds. Because, I mean, this is this is a huge piece of, of mythology, really, that we'd kind of gotten some idea of. But we, we learn that the access to this light that they use to sustain them, which is you know being transmitted or whatever through the crystal mm-hmm. is the, the the crystal is the source it's not really clear that it's rationed yeah so you know that this is something we know more about this world and about their rule of law being so specific and we also learned that the crystal was damaged mm-hmm. apparently by hu- by human intrusion yeah which seems important absolutely yes. so there's clearly a lot of story behind all of this since it has been collapsed part of it's gone because yeah. I remember the first description, he said it... It was cleft and there's a piece missing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, in that early description of it. Again, I need a visual. I need mm. someone to draw this for me. But I need like a McElroy. I need Griffin McElroy to draw this for me. So I can know exactly <laughs> how big of a cleft this is, how big of a crystal this Dear is. Dear Griffin. Because in my brain, <laughs> it's huge. And yeah, thus the cleft was also huge. 
But if we're talking about the cleft being what's on the necklace, that ain't that big. So, so well, but that might not be the whole crystal. Exactly. Right. So here's here's my thinking. Here's a possibility. Another conspiracy theory. Please tell. Is you got it? What if? Because if part of this giant crystal has been broken off, because I agree with you, it sounds like it's very big. Maybe not like massive, massive, but very big. If part of that has been broken off, what if? Because if we go back to what they've talked about on Earth, they, you know, they said that the hot spring is one of the few places where they can get sustenance. Mm -hmm. Do you think part of that crystal was taken and put on Earth? I think it has to be. And then that also means that then maybe a little piece has been chipped off and put into a necklace that Aubrey's mother had. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like maybe they're a little. Yeah. And like Barclay, I think, was. Yeah, Barclay had that crystal. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's it. Like, part of it was taken, moved to Earth, and maybe either there's still a big piece of it that is used to charge up, like, the hot springs and whatnot. But then what do Sylvanian families in other parts of the world do? I don't know. Maybe it's all been broken up and distributed so people can survive on Earth. That's my theory. Did we ever confirm that the Sylvanian families are spread about? Or are they just no, in Kepler? Not yet. Okay. Yeah, no. Not yet. So waiting do, on confirmation. Do you want to hear Griffin? Do you want to hear my extremely important crack theory? Absolutely. Yes, please. So <laughs> I I realized that I that I had a song stuck in my head while Griffin kept saying the crystal mm-hmm. and I couldn't figure out why. And then I remembered the crystal meth- method song Trip Like I Do. Do you guys remember this song from the nineties? I you think you might I remember do. if you heard it. Could you please it was sing a- us a bar? Yeah. <laughs> legally no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, legally no. But it. you can if you do it off. Like don't do it's the not, whole But tune. it's like an electronic song. You can't really sing it. It's spoken word and then like like techno okay. in the background. Like I know the song really well because it was in a, a, a really terrible PlayStation game that I used to play where you were like <laughs> flying a little ship and trying to avoid these bugs and it was all like electronic like dance music. It was mostly crystal method. Uh-huh. But so they have this song and I think it's it's kind of the plot of this because um, it's another time in the Age of Wonder, another world. This land was green and good until the crystal cracked. Once more, they will replenish themselves, change and then wait the power of their source, the crystal. And then it just keeps going the crystal. So I and it's about am... crystal meth, but you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so don't do drugs. Your <laughs> Is that Griffin's inspiration for this entire story <laughs> is that he loves the song that I just looked up that says it's by Filter and the Crystal Method, Can't You Trip Like I Do? Well, it was around a lot in the 90s is all I'm saying. No, like, I may love have heard, this. And I, and I hadn't even thought about the lyrics. I realized it was playing in my head. And then I went and looked at the lyrics and was like, oh, that's why I was thinking about that song. This is and it. it is almost definitely about doing crystal meth, which is very bad for you. But um, yeah, we we aren't endorsing that. And it's not a great song, really, but it's very catchy. Fair. Well, definitely listening to that when we're done here. I just wonder whether subconsciously that, maybe, that was in there. Wouldn't that be really funny if he didn't even realize he's like, I like came up with the song in my mind, and he's like, oh shit, that was from this whatever game you were playing. Yeah, it was a racing game that I do not remember the name of. I probably still have it. I think it was called like NOS or something. Um, <laughs> that like that. sounds about it right. It was not great. Oh, man. <laughs> was it NOS car? But <laughs> <laughs> It was not, but it should have been. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's from the year 1999. 
Let's go to the Wikipedia page for it. Oh, see, um, mine says 1997. Oh, no, this the, one does say 99's too late. Yeah. Okay. Film adaptation. What? The track was recorded for the 1997 film adaptation of the Spawn comic book series. Oh, God, I forgot so it was in that, too. by Filter. Never fucking forget. Um, and is heard in the end credit. Oh, wait. Oh, it's from Spawn the Album. Heard in the end credits. The song was also used for the theatrical trailer of The Matrix. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was. It was, it was kind of everywhere for, for a little while. I So I'm 90s. sure I know this. I'm going to... Y- you'll recognize it when you hear it. I'm going to play a little it. bit of it. Oh, jeez. This boy's face is in my face. <laughs> Get him out of there. <laughs> okay, we're back, everybody. We had to stop and all go listen to Can't You Chip Like I Do by Filter and the Crystal Method. <laughs> I love... <laughs> Hearing it like that, <laughs> like a radio DJ just said, and that was can't you that trip was, like uh, I do? Can't you bye. Trip like I do? Bye. Filter and the Crystal Method. This is the most that anybody's talked about Crystal Method in a very long time, <laughs> and probably Filter as well. They all just freaked the fuck out. They have a Google <laughs> alert. They're like, "Oh my god, somebody look for our music. <laughs> We're coming back." If, which will happen if it turns out, like Anne totally has for sure in Stone theorized that Griffin <laughs> was inspired by that song to write this. I feel like I'm unfairly throwing him under the bus no. of having taken <laughs> and inspiration I'm joking, from the song was... now. <laughs> it's just a very, it's either a very good coincidence or you and Griffin McElroy love that song from 1997 that was used in things like the matrix trailer and the end of the spawn movie and not 1400 and these and nascar yes so that that's another up in the air we don't know we'll find out okay so back on track back over to this crystal that we now have multiple theories about i do love that aubrey knew like okay but if i want to break some rules and touch that thing i know net is down duck (laughs) Just, just doesn't want to be there when it happens. <laughs> right. So we'll just be like, Doc, turn around. And he'll just know, okay, fine. And then Ned will give, like, Aubrey a boost up. Right. I can't wait for that to resolve itself. Yeah, since if we if we had any doubt about it, we, we do have in this episode definitive confirmation that Aubrey's, the source of Aubrey's magic is the same as Sylvanian magic, and it has a close connection to this crystal that she can sense. Yes, she is hearing the crystal, essentially. And I love that that's Travis doing that. Like, that's not Griffin telling him, and you feel this. And it's mm-hmm. uh, Travis is the one's like, do you guys feel that? Because I feel it. Well, obviously, Aubrey's doing it. But it's yeah. Travis's character choices for her. And I think that's really great because a lot of people wait for the DM to kind of, or the GM or the grand, I don't know what they're called in this one. Um, this one, he's known as the ringmaster. Good. Um <laughs> But they kind of wait it's for keeper, them to, but... <laughs> the ring keeper, <laughs> got it. <laughs> they wait for them to tell them what's happening and Travis just kind of running with it. Yeah, I feel like similar to Justin just expecting Bacon to start talking, <laughs> this was really intuitive of Travis as Aubrey. Yeah, and the crystal just needs a hug, mm-hmm. maybe, because it's sad. And if she is going to touch it, it's not going to happen now because Vincent is moving them right along into this castle where they meet the interpreter and here's well well first well first they meet the ministers yes yeah we get a little 
some insight here because so when they say that they're sylvanians that's the look that like danny has yeah that's like kind of like fangs and orange eyes that's kind of the yeah i think that's maybe the the sort like of the default version if they don't describe them in, in another way okay. an animal sort of way i guess yeah although the, we we do know the the minister of preservation woodbridge is some sort yes. of ghost mm-hmm. yes which is a whole other, there's so much I want to know about all of this. Well done, Griffin. Because, uh, yes, we meet the Minister of the Arcane, who is Sylvanian. She's reading and just, like, loaded up with scarves. She sounds very fancy. And cozy. Um, minister of, and very cozy, absolutely. The Minister of the of Preservation, who is a giggity ghost. And then the Minister <laughs> of Defense, it's our boy Vincent. Who gives him a wink and an okay sign, which is the best. <laughs> He's very cute, this Vincent. He is. And we get some really good, just like, some of that good Griffin McElroy acting with the uh, the Minister of Preservation here. Silence! <laughs> that was good. <laughs> it was very good. I actually just played his recording. Just kidding. Oh. I'm awesome. <laughs> but that whole bit is the best Play-wise, recording, like, just for us to get to listen to it. And yes. I just imagine the boys being in that room. Yeah. Because this is where we get the interrogation of Clint McElroy as to what he's eating. And it's <laughs> absolutely hilarious. Which makes me think of a puppy. Like, what do you have in your mouth? Get that out of your mouth. <laughs> right. It's not just, Dad, why are you You legally have to tell it's, me. No, what is this? Also, it's 4 p.m. Also, 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 what are you eating? What are you doing? I was fascinated that he says he doesn't eat jawbreakers during podcast recordings anymore, uh. so I guess he was before. <laughs> Maybe it was just a podcast snack for him. So we've all had a little <laughs> podcast snack, right? No? No. Yeah, you know, it's it's rough on the blood sugar. Mm-hmm. It is. I will agree with that. You he has a they're recording for a long time. That is fair. I can't even imagine we should just... playing tabletop games without some kind of a snack array going on. Right. That's true. That's true. That is the, the traditional gaming thing. You should have snacks. So maybe they need to have a snack break in the podcast. No, nothing held against him. It was a fun moment that we got to have. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we, we see all these, all of our ministers here. Then we wait for the interpreter and she shows up with very little fanfare. And little mm-hmm. is the correct word, as she is yeah. about 13. And She's a sweet child. So here's my arguments. Okay. Here's where I think the boys may have messed up. Okay. Because they ask about, is she actually 13, or is it like a Narnia thing? A Narnia thing. Narnia? No, no, no. Which is like, not... they aged up. Yeah. They did not stay looking little. I think they either meant an Oz thing emperance. or a never-ending story thing. Mm-hmm. But, of course, you know, when you've got such a plethora right. to when choose from, like if you're just kind of grabbing the thing you thought of last. <laughs> Fantasy movie with a young girl in it. Yeah. yeah. Possibly in a nightgown, which does happen surprisingly often. Mm-hmm. All the time. Wendy which, Darling, I again, see again, I would say, that's both Ozma and the Childlike Empress right there. Mm-hmm. So, But regardless, the answer is, no, she's 13. Or she's at least young, is mm-hmm. what Woodbridge, I think, says. Yes. Yeah. And she just shows up and says, hey, and then she goes back to sleep. Presumably. <laughs> she's sleeping. I can relate. <laughs> I think she right. wants to sleep. But I don't Why think she she's like allowed Gavin? to. Because she's always getting ready for bed, but work is oh, never done. Got it. She's like we the Sandman in that episode of the Powerpuff oh. Girls. Oh. 
right? Well, it is nighttime, so maybe this is after, isn't it? Because this, this, oh, so this must it? be after her oh, bedtime. Oh, it is, because there's moonlight it's that gets brought yeah. up later. Yeah, yeah. she is right? Maybe she was sleeping. Yeah. Brittany. She was kidding. on her way to bed. She had her warm milk. <laughs> yeah. And now she's got to come deal with these clowns. She's like, oh, Ugh. Jesus. Oh, okay. the worst. Hi. So she's going to bed. <laughs> or she's going to a dope sleepover. <laughs> With the childlike empress and Ozma. The childlike empress is there. Ozma's there. Wendy Darling's there. What? That's right. Lucy <laughs> Penascotti. What's her last name? Pervati? No. Who? The Nardia kids. What's their last oh. name? Oh. Pevensi. Pevensi. The Parvati children are there. <laughs> the Pavarotti. Famous fantasy novel about the Piscotti children. <laughs> I would read a, a fantasy novel about breakfast foods. I'm doing like a it. breakfast kingdom. <laughs> I'm very hungry. Let's get this over with. <laughs> We're just talking about snack foods now. Now I'm the one eating on the on the show. <laughs> now what have you got? Uh but so what even happens here? Uh Aubrey. Of it course, goes badly. Is it what does happens. not go well. You are right. I mean, honestly, who among us has not tried to impress someone and, like, accidentally set their book on fire? I mean, that's pretty much how it goes when you try to impress people. Always. Most times. All the time. How many interviews have I gone into? Don't even ask. (laughs) Accidentally threw a fireball at someone. burned so many books at this point. Call her Michael B. Jordan in HBO's new show, Fahrenheit 451. I like this interaction, though, between her and Janelle... Because we get some cool insight from Janelle here. I The way she describes it, it's almost like, to me, it sounded like Aubrey is like an avatar who can't quite tap into the other elements because she just isn't understanding them. Like, I like that Griff found a She's way. She's not listening. Yeah, yeah, that Griff found a way to be like, this is why Fire is speaking to her. Because fucking listen to her for two seconds. Uh-huh. Of course, Fire is the one <laughs> that speaks to Aubrey the most. It it does really work well for Aubrey's character, I think, to, to establish this as some sort of canon about how the magic works in this world. Um, and, and Travis feeds into it really well, too, in an early funny way that she she's uh, just Janelle is starting to ask about patience and Aubrey oh. cuts her off. Oh, my God. It was very good. <laughs> Perfectly played. Masterful play. Yeah. They're really good at this. There's another moment coming up here in a bit that was just that was exactly that same kind of thing just on their game so well. Uh, but so this is essentially what we get from this interaction here at the castle is we don't quite know what's up with the interpreter. We know that Aubrey is going to be training at least a little bit with Janelle. Mm-hmm. Was there anything else that happened here? Not really. Oh, right. Because then <laughs> Duck asks, can we leave? And Woodbridge says, I wish you would. <laughs> Which is hilarious. <laughs> Woodbridge, we'll check you later, man. That's I can't how wait to I... hang out with you again. <laughs> this was high entertainment value for us, but very low <laughs> diplomacy value for them, oh, I think. Yes. So good, though. Can we leave? Please do. Yes, go. <laughs> I wish you would. I do like, also, he kind of gave him, like, don't feel special about Vincent liking you. He likes everybody. Like, so good. <laughs> like, like, he doesn't. All humans are cute to him. Stop it. Woodbridge not... is the wettest of blankets. Absolutely. <laughs> I can't wait to become best friends with him. So Vincent, their sweet prince, is like, I'll walk you back to the gate. And so he comes with them. That was my Vincent impression. You're welcome. And <laughs> See the gate. 
Uh, I want Ned and Vincent to be movie buddies. Yes. Yeah, I like I like this uh, this movie club, the Sylvanian Earth Exchange movie club. They can listen to our movie podcast that we're gonna make. Actually, guys, yeah. we do have confirmation that the Sylvanian spread farther than Kepler because Tommy Rousseau oh, snap, confirmed right. Sylvanian. <laughs> Amazing. He's a mummy man. This. First of all, was the other part that was, I I love these boys being so on their game. And second of all, made me laugh so much. <laughs> it's fucking hysterical. <laughs> I, I'm waiting for, I'm wondering when this is going to get to Tommy Wiseau, because things seem to get to him eventually. And he, he seems to Do like they? people talking about him. Yeah. Oh, I'm wondering if this sure. is going to get to him. Oh, yeah. I, I am, I, can we maybe guess spot? I can we tag that. him? Can it we add him? the weirdest thing, but I would be into it. <laughs> We'll just keep talking about him here. He, we'll talk about him on our movie podcast. <laughs> our Candy and Movie Party podcast. Devo tag him in that. But no, it was such a genius moment. And bless Griff for being so quick it's on like seamless. that response. So seamless. <laughs> <laughs> but so you may think that that's the end of the episode, which mm-hmm. I totally did at first. But God bless the fact that no, no. We also get this little tidbit of Saturday Night Dead. And poor, poor stressed out Kirby, who was trying to put this this show together without any rehearsal and with his star missing. (laughs) With this job he probably didn't even want to do in the first place. Kirby, you're the real hero of this one. He is, yeah. I can't wait to get more of Kirby. (laughs) We demand more Kirby. (laughs) It's just going to be the little blob with, like, some glasses on. (laughs) Also, do you think that Clint was off the top of his head or had it written down when he was doing the intro for In Saturday my heart, he had it off the top it's of just, his head. Like, it's just, just it. yeah, it's, it's sure. his livelihood. He's had to do that kind of crap for his whole life. Yeah, like, I'm still garbage at it, even doing shows like this and doing my Twitch stream. I'm still so bad at having concise, straight to the point anything as proven right now and so <laughs> that was where i was like i know i would have had to write it down but i love i would love it even more if he could just mm-hmm. riff it I, I i believe in my in my heart that that this was off off the top of his mm-hmm. head that he was able to do this because this is super in his comfort zone right and i mean honestly mm-hmm. i would watch this show i would i mean oh even starring net or starring Clint, i would watch show. this <laughs> I think somewhere we all have. Well, yeah, I've basically no, I'm totally with you. The music, the introduction, just the grandeur of it, and that like really hokey, spooky. Mm-hmm. I love it. I want it to be Halloween now. <laughs> See, the music gave me uh, haunted mansion vibes. Anyone else? Anne? Yeah. 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 No, I agree. Okay. Yeah, there's kind I of a haunted t- mansion thing going on. Kind of a Svengoolie thing, a bunch of different, bunch of different yeah. stuff, but but kind of unique too, oh, which for I, sure. I like that it's not just you know some parody of something mm-hmm. existing, but it but it also seems very real because it's so similar to those real shows. Yeah, and I and I love that 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 Ned. Well, for one thing, that Ned never uses the same middle name twice apparently <laughs> since he's now superstar, <laughs> but but that he he drags Aubrey and presumably an extremely reluctant duck onto camera. <laughs> I love him tricking duck. Because he tells him, yeah, you're going to talk about fire safety and this and that and get that good, good ranger vibe going. This is kind of on Doug. (laughs) This is a little bit on him because why would you think, my sweet boy, that this man who you know, you've hung out with, that he would want you to come talk about fire safety on his show about 
spooks that deep hope that someday someone's going to respect <laughs> what you do and want to have it presented. He will keep that hope alive until it actually happens. Maybe someday, Richard. Richard. <laughs> well, and it was very sweet of him to introduce Aubrey as the Lady mm-hmm. Flame. I liked yeah, that. that was it was a nice little little touch there. Well, and speaking of him <laughs> tricking Duck onto the show, not changing up his middle name whenever it's helpful for him, he also mispronounces uh, his own movie that they are going to be watching. <laughs> he does, yes. So he says Beast with a Thousand Eyes, but if, uh, our sweet Kirby lets us know it's Beast with a Million Eyes. It yes? is, yeah, that's correct. That is the real That is the real title of the film. Although... Here we go. Uh, he, he does, I will give him credit that he does get the cast right, although he doesn't mad- mention that um, Dick Sargent, who was on mm. Bewitched, who was one of the Darrens on Bewitched, was also in it. Yeah. Um, but, so there's a story about this film. So I can't really fault him for getting the title wrong because... This, this movie was originally under a different title. The unions threatened to shut it down because it was a non-union picture. Oh. So they changed the name and they put an uncredited Roger Corman oh. as the director instead with virtually no budget. And not only that, but they, they had a publicist who had not seen the film and knew nothing about it, who had to make the poster and give it a title. Oh so the beast that's on the poster is not really in the film, which is partially because the budget was so low that they had to shoot all of their interiors in two days, and they only had a budget of two hundred dollars to build what? the UFO and the monster. So this sounds like an amazing film. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's you know, it's it's bad. I have seen it. <laughs> Um, the Beast, in fact, does not feature in it. It's actually about this alien that mind controls animals, oh, which is what the Beast denies. inside all of us. That's, mm, yeah, that's yeah. what they, well, yeah, I suppose. It's not really that deep, but yeah, <laughs> that's what they wish it was. Give me the sand, come um, on. Yeah, it's definitely, it's kind of a train wreck, this <laughs> film. They even, they couldn't even get a composer. They just used, like, royalty-free uh, music from, like, Shostakovich and... Because yeah, that would have been funnier. But yeah, they just used public domain music from a bunch of famous composers cut together oh and God. gave the composer a fake name. That's like so. This is amazing. This grace is a... just play in the middle of it. No, not quite that bad. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a, a fairly significant B movie in the sense that it's terrible, but it's sort of terrible in a fascinating and way. Like, I they, guess like, they fucking made it happen. Yeah, they made that movie for twenty nine thousand dollars, which is. Which even in the fifties was very very yeah. little. Yeah, so it sounds like hot garbage, but man, you gotta is, give yes. them credit. <laughs> I love that this is the first film that they're doing on Saturday Night Dead. Then it's a good choice in the history of B movies. It's a good choice. <laughs> so we all want to watch it, and hopefully, if we're not other people want to watch it too. How excited was everybody about this last little stinger here on the end? <laughs> oh, I'm into it. I was waiting for his past to catch up yes. with him, and I love that his past has a British accent. <laughs> I was going to say, the fact that Griffin is trying to revive his British accent, I wonder if he's been practicing. I'm into or it. Or if this gentleman's voice is going to go by the wayside <laughs> in a couple like of crab. episodes. It might. But I love that we're all immediately on board with this. Let's. I want to speculate a little bit about Ned's previous partner here. So in my mind, I'm seeing him as a total, like, obviously an older guy because, well, I mean, maybe not obviously, but to me, it's, he's a little bit, like, around Ned's age, maybe, like, a little bit younger, maybe a little bit older. Who knows? 
Um, so I imagine like, him a little younger. Okay. Okay. Is it just because you want him to be, like, young and hot? Because, like, I picture him, like, old and hot <laughs> and, like, used to be total, like, British punk scene. Like, okay, a for sure hot. Yeah. Most dev. Yeah. Um, no, I just feel like Ned would be more apt to leave a youngin. Mm. Like, they'll be able to fend for themselves. They've got hmm. time on their side or something. Yeah, I don't know. I think there was maybe... I feel like there is a specific British character actor that I am visualizing whose name I do not know because they're character actors, so I can't really describe them either. So I will have to get back to you on this specific Here's... person that I know who they are, but I don't. <laughs> Here's a bit of a visual for everybody. That This will be my send-off for everybody. Uh, if you think of that character that they shoehorned in, and thank God they did, to the last Harry Potter films, um, that, like, one dude who was working with... Um, your werewolf, Brittany. Gray. I have no idea. Gray man. Are you talking about Grindelwald? No. 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 Ew, no. no. She's talking um, about. I. I know. know. I know oh, the werewolf. The <laughs> I'm trying to think of his name. No. Isn't his name Gray man? No. Who is no. that? Not. Not Lucius. The other. Guy. No. No. Is no. it Graymark? I, I don't know a lot about. Fenrir Greyback. Yes. There we go. Greyback. Fenrir. <laughs> Fenrir Greyback. There's like the dudes who are chasing the kids. It's in like the seventh. Oh, 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 oh. And there's yes. that one like British dude who's like oh. fucking scraggly, but also he's like hot. Because uh, <laughs> he's like total. Debatable. <laughs> I think that might be the actor I'm thinking of, actually. <laughs> oh, perfect. So everybody just imagine that dude. And in my mind, like older, but like was totally like that dude. You're welcome. <laughs> but there's obviously going to be some interesting backstory pretty soon yeah. about his his uh his past catching up with him this previous business associate who he presumably had some responsibility in winding up in jail in the first place yeah i think is a safe right. bet. like is this be- from the car crash that we know that happened like is yeah, this yeah. you know is that what Maybe. landed him here mm-hmm. heist we'll that went out. wrong yeah, yeah. how Can't many partners do- has ned wronged we have Probably no idea. <laughs> they all have a, like a meetup in the prison. Actually, we're gonna have a total like Duck is gonna have to Scott Pilgrim this and fight all of Ned's exes. <laughs> that is what's gonna happen. I'm calling it. Well, now I'm kind of hoping he's an old flame. Oh, I like girl, that. Oh. Come sit next to me up here in this club. <laughs> this is what we do on this show. I guess we'll find out. We're I mean, just gonna keep talking. About always Ned. the hope. Oh, it's <laughs> canon now. <laughs> it is in our brains. You know how that goes. Well, didn't Welcome it, to our it show. confirm that he was his old boyfriend? I mean, yeah, as far as I know. I guarantee you in two episodes we're like, no, that guy he used to be married to. And like we've just completely run away with the canon here. God, I hope everybody shows up for the next episode. Or what a, what a twist because like Duck's on there too. Mm. Duck's boyfriend. Ooh. He could be pointed at Duck and not Ned. We all assume. Hold on. You just blew my mind. I hadn't thought for a moment that this could have been an ex-boyfriend of Duck's. <laughs> He's for sure an ex-boyfriend, though. This is what we know. <laughs> Things we do know. Absolutely. Ex-boyfriend. an ex-boyfriend. So, something else for all of us to think about. And uh, I think with that, it'll do it for us this week. We've already done our poll, so our question for everybody this week is, which of the magical items would you most like to have? We'll have that poll up over on Twitter, at Romancing Zone. For real this time. For real, we (laughs) promise. 
We'll check you in two weeks. Till then, thanks so much for listening. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone.